Welcome to Page One or Bust, your ultimate guide to getting on page one of search engines. This interview features Ben Goody, an SEO specialist, podcast host, and the founder of, well, we can't exactly say the name on air. So fill in the blanks with your imagination. How the f*** is a podcast, website, and premium community Ben has built up over the years featuring remarkable SEO case studies. In this episode, he takes a break from hosting to talk about avoiding burnout and your multi-channel marketing strategy, especially if you're a CMO running a small team but wanting big results. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Get insights, drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started creating content that ranks for free at demandjump.com today. And now here are your co-hosts, Drew Detzler and Ryan Brock. Welcome to Page One or Bust. I'm your co-host, Drew Detzler. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Brock. Ryan, how are we doing? Yo, I'm living the dream. I had a really bad fish lunch and I'm just full of energy for this conversation. Yeah, that was a wild choice. I wish you'd have consulted me before you went with that prior to this, but here we are. Ready to go. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm excited for today's conversation. Joining us today is Ben Goody, the founder behind How the F***. Ben, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hi, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, really excited to be here. Ben, are you sick and tired of having to talk about the name of your of your <laughs> production or or is it part of the joy for you? I think it's part of the joy for me. I really like appreciate that every other SEO podcast out there it is called SEO podcast and mine is totally different to all of those. So when you look at the roundup of SEO podcasts, it's like, you know, SEO podcast, SEO podcast and then how the f- so yeah, I kind of I kind of like it. That's amazing. Well, obviously, we were thinking similarly, page one or bust. We thought, let's do something a little bit different, go for some Americana road trip vibes. And of course, <laughs> Google went and ruined page one for us all. So now it doesn't make any sense. But that's only if you're in marketing, I think. Awesome. Well, Ben, before we dive in, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about how the f*** and how you landed on that name? Cool. So how the f*** is it's kind of evolved a little bit since I started it. It started out originally as a general marketing podcast, which is how the name kind of actually originated. I was learning marketing and looking for like resources all over the internet. And I just kept coming across like people, you know, basically spouting their wisdom all over LinkedIn, all this kind of stuff. And I really felt like the content was kind of lacking the dots, like how to connect the actual dots between what they were saying and all this advice they were doing. And at that time I was, you know, trying to build a marketing strategy for a company. So I was like, I can't just piece together bits from your LinkedIn. I want to know exactly how you did it. And then I'm sure there's a lot of other people who want to know that too. So I started the podcast, started interviewing people, started trying to actually find exactly how they did it and get them to share their growth stories and their big wins and the details behind them, importantly. And then I kind of took a little bit of time off after the first like 30 something episodes and then refocused it all on SEO. And it became like an SEO case studies podcast. And now it's morphed into like a community that is all about kind of SEO case studies, tearing down other people's strategies, sharing, you know, their their kind of best practices, examples, experiments, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's got a, so it's it's a podcast, but it has it's a blog and it's got a premium community and it kind of it's a bit of like a multi-channel kind of organic thing that's going on. And I also own SEOcasestudy.com now, which I'm building up the SEO of uh, slowly. I love that. Um, don't get Ryan started on people on LinkedIn spewing their nonsense <laughs> because 
that will get them worked up. My, my tagline for those those listeners who don't know is bald and okay with it. I work as hard as I can to make a farce of myself on that platform, despite, I think, having some fairly good ideas about marketing and SEO. Well, I have to say that I, I probably feed a lot of that myself. I post every day on LinkedIn, and it's a really big growth channel for the, for the podcast and, and community. Based off of your title of your podcast, you're cutting through the bull. That, that is out there for the most part. I'm trying to. I think a lot of people yeah. have like maybe the mindset of like if they share half of the strategy, then the other half, they'll have to do it. Then, you know, someone will have to hire them to do it themselves. But I've always kind of been much more like I want to share everything. This is amazing. Taking me back here, Ben, because when I got started, I, I graduated college as a writer. But I got my start as a writer and I was like, I want to write and started working in like a, a publishing startup and, and started learning about a little bit about like, like marketing writing, like copywriting, because people were offering me work and the way that I went about learning marketing to the point where I started my own agency, like three months into my career in marketing, it was the stupidest thing anyone could have done, but we made it, you know, we made it and we survived and we (laughs) sold it and I'm here now. But the way that I learned was I would like target people who knew how to do things in marketing that I didn't. And I'd be like, I'm going to write an article about you for my blog and interview them and write a really nice article. And it's it's like the same idea, except uh, I had to actually like write it. What I was going to add is like the podcast does one bit, but like it by far does doesn't get the most attention or like impressions or like the traffic of the whole thing definitely comes from the LinkedIn write-ups and like the carousel versions of the podcast and like the the, the teardowns and the case studies that are written afterwards. So like, hmm. sadly, it's not as simple as doing the recording and, and moving on, but I really love how much like a podcast can be the source of like a bunch of other content so easily. Ben, why don't you talk a little bit about your SEO journey, how you decided to shift that podcast focus from general marketing to a little bit more of an SEO focus. Yeah, I mean, definitely I chose to do SEO because it's the thing that followed me throughout my career. It's the, like the thing that I saw working so so well and like the thing I really got. And like, I really think SEO is like anyone can do it. But my like first kind of experience with SEO, actually, I was, I was 18 and I worked, did an internship in Barcelona. And I think my first ever thing that I did was the site had been doing a load of like black hat SEO, you know, like putting links like on link yep. farms across <laughs> the internet. And they had like millions of links from all the places that suddenly the next day you didn't want to have links on. Gross. Panda. So I just spent a long time emailing people like kind of <laughs> saying, can you remove our link? And yeah, the, I think the, the business went from something like £3,000 revenue a day to zero overnight. So they obviously, yeah, they panicked and I kind of came in at that exact moment to like learn SEO. So that was my first experience with it. Straight into the fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I came up in the same time around SEO. And like one of my, I talked about this way too much on the show, but one of my first customers back in the day was was a large SEO shop that was doing the same sort of stuff. So imagine that situation, but it spread across like 20 businesses who all of a sudden are getting litigious about where's our rankings and where's our traffic. And it was something that I think anyone who's lived through it doesn't want to go back to again. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. It, it's, it's definitely moved on a long way from there. Well, that brings us to today's big topic, which is around multi-channel marketing. You, you mentioned it a little bit earlier on with repurposing podcasts and in, into other channels, but let's talk a little bit about multi-channel marketing strategies that avoid burnout. You already did just a little bit, but go a little bit deeper into 
to your experience with multi-channel marketing and how you've managed to avoid that burnout? I've worked at a few different tech startups. One of them is the like the first and like only marketer, kind of like solo marketer from from the like day one kind of thing, doing all of marketing. And obviously it's so tempting to do everything. And we did, we like tried pay, did a partnership model. We also did a lot of SEO. We heavily doing LinkedIn as well, like promoting through there. Yeah, it was totally exhausting. The next company I worked at, we also, we did all that stuff, but we did like way more PPC. We did in-person events as well. We like did a regular, you know, weekly newsletter. And both of these companies, we had like very small teams. We had a ton, a ton of content going out and probably, probably too much. Like we didn't need that much. And we also had that then like those multiple channels, like on the, on the go. And I think honestly, I did watch people like burning out because of that like it's it's a really hard thing to manage if you have a small team and you're focusing on too many channels like that's more of a signal that you're you lacking focus than it is a signal of i don't know high production and output because i don't think you can do that many channels well especially if you've got one or two people but that being said there are lots of ways to kind of optimize it and we definitely found ways to like streamline that process to experiment while also kind of keeping a focus i think as like a in an early stage company or a later stage like SaaS company with a small marketing team, you have to get that kind of focus, like learn to work out what marketing channels it is that are working and then layer it on and double down on those rather than keeping shifting. And like everyone wants to be entrepreneur. I think that's what makes marketing great. But like having new ideas needs to be done within like guidelines. I got a question for you. And this is, this is going to sound glib, Ben. What if you hate the channels where your audiences are? Like me with LinkedIn, for example. Have to do it. Know it's where uh, you know where know it's where my audience is, and I actually like the people that I interact with on LinkedIn. Generally speaking, I've got better things to do than to than to write up LinkedIn posts or to comment on someone else's LinkedIn posts. I truly can't be bothered to do it, and I hate it. I mean, what, what do we do? I'm already burnt out, and I haven't even started. This is another way of saying it. Like, what, 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 do you have any advice for that? Do you have a, a secret that I can I can use in my life? That's a tough one. I, I found myself in this situation where I've built like a brand around me and the growth around me posting on LinkedIn every day, and I also like get this so many days where I just don't want to be like having this thought in the back of my head, like how many likes did that post get? How, like who's who's messaged me? Like I need to be on there every day, commenting and networking. Otherwise, the business doesn't grow so i'm on your i'm on your kind of page with that all i can say is this is where having a multiple multiple channels is is useful you can spend much less time growing your like audience on linkedin if you also have other channels so you can take regular breaks from it and you can have stronger boundaries with those channels like with linkedin spend less time on it and also say like say for example if you had a podcast and tried to build your marketing engine around podcasts as it's like you know foundational thing like we talked about as like something you then atomize you can focus like all your energy on the podcast but you can have someone else like maybe like you're doing already like cutting it up into clips doing the promotion like even running your whole social account if you want i definitely know like the biggest linkedin creators out there that i talk to like they have assistants answering the comments they have people answering all their dms all their like you know the chat they have people posting for them every day so there's ways around it basically you don't have to be on there to use it as a promo that's totally fair that's totally fair it's fair but i hate the answer because i wish there was a better (laughs) secret i just wish there was like a yeah right <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got you. You just do this thing and you're going to love LinkedIn all of a sudden. But alas, <laughs> it's not how the modern man's mind works. The one thing I would challenge is like, if you are a business owner, you know, if you like content writing and like writing a book and producing a podcast and that's like your thing, then, you know, that is what you could focus on. But if you have like a team that's doing sales 
or like marketing, then they should focus on the promotion part of it. Ultimately, yeah. like you could, you should do what you're, what you're good at. But if you're like a sales, if you're like a founder and your priority is sales and you work out that LinkedIn is your like huge growth strategy, then I know founders who run the whole business, like a huge business that spend four hours a day on LinkedIn because they know that's where they make the money. Yep. So it's kind of like, instead of having a head of sales, dedicate their time to cold calling or, or, you know, that's a simplification. It's like they spend it all on LinkedIn. It's like similar, similar prior, prioritization problem, if that makes sense. Well, we used to, I always used to always say the cobbler's son has no shoes. And I've talked to a lot of people that feel the same way. Like even when I was running a content agency. I mean, now I'm I'm helping to lead a, a, a marketing SaaS company, and it's a, there's a whole lot of other work to do that's not just that stuff. But when that was the only job that me and my team were doing, we still didn't do it for ourselves. So I think it's admirable to hear you put it in a you know in a way that's like it's not just like vanity. You know that that perspective is helpful to me, and I'd imagine to our users or see that's what I'm talking about. B two B SaaS. I call our listeners users. Major fail, but like I think it's helpful for them to hear that because it's easy to write off personal brand as some level of vanity but to your point like for you and what you're doing it's like a hundred percent necessary and people need they need to see that and that's how you get good that's how you test the waters that's how you see what works and what doesn't work and how you help others accomplish the same thing so it's all a matter yeah. of perspective so ben something you said there around prioritization and what you've talked about with with smaller teams struck home and i wanted to ask you a question about that we're a smaller team we work with a ton of smaller teams you know one three five five, six marketers, right? Every one of us wants to project the maturity of an enterprise level marketing team. Whether we're one marketer or a five person marketing team, we want the world to think that we're a marketing team of 30. So we want to do email, SEO, social, event. We, we want to do it all, right? But that leads to burnout and it leads to being the, the jack of all trades and, and, and king of none, right? That, that, that old chestnut. It's master of none, Drew. It's master of none. God, we'll bleep it out. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> ben, how do you prioritize the channels that you use in your multi-channel marketing? Yeah, how do you prioritize those? The way I would prioritize at a company where you don't know what's coming next, you don't you have no marketing engine, let's say, is I would start with all that like audience research stuff, find out where exactly they are and what they're interested in, what kind of stuff that they have and and fit that your industry and your type. You know, if you are an enterprise B2B SaaS sale, like make sure you're not doing the same thing as a no product leg company or, or, or like a services company, you know, just try to fit your strategy to what you do and don't go down all the rabbit holes that I've gone down doing the wrong strategies. And, but you do have to test. And like, I think the best thing that I ever did at one of our other companies was just like trying a little bit of everything and seeing what worked. But once you do get those early signals, like I do think it's better to focus on the positive signals and keep layering things on those rather than having new kind of totally separate ideas try to like build. What's a positive signal that matters? Like there's, I've used the word vanity way too many times for one podcast, but vanity <laughs> metrics, it's easy on LinkedIn to like get a little, you know, any channel really there's, there's these like instant gratification signals that, Hey, this felt good or this looked nice, or it's going to sound good to my boss who isn't a marketer. And then there's, yeah. this is contributing to the growth of my business and, and the goals that we have for it. Like, how do you tell the difference? 
Yeah, it's it's a really difficult one, especially if you have like a long sales cycle and you can't immediately see like which is giving you revenue. I think Chris Walker of Refine Labs, he's like on my LinkedIn all day, every yep. day, has a really good model for this. I think it's called revenue R&D. The, the idea I think is like pretty, pretty sound for like building a process and layering things on. What are those very first signals? Sometimes they are vanity at the beginning. You know, they're more impressions. They're more of the right type of person liking your content and engaging with it. Obviously, like, the ideal thing is someone reaches out to you and you see someone book a demo with you for your product. I think those are early signals. Yeah, it's not just impressions. It's like, are the impressions coming from the right people? Not just likes and comments. Are they coming from the right people? And those are things that you can accelerate happening, but you need to test if your content is working by seeing those really early like vanity signals. And then once you've got those, how can you get more of them? Do they eventually become what you really want, which is a customer? I, I, I want to I take a curve. I want to take a wild curve before we get into our quick hits at the end, our lightning round. If you've been learning from people who have been doing SEO case studies for a while now, what's what's the what's the most just crazy? What's the most insane? The craziest, like I've never thought about SEO that way, or I've never seen someone do it that way story that you've encountered. Every case study that I do is crazy for a start. They're always like these high growth stories, like how Monday.com made a thousand articles in a year, or like how Hotjar added this much percent traffic to their you know business this year but one that really stands out to me is Typeform, and i don't know if you come across them they're kind of like survey monkey and actually they yeah. follow a very similar strategy to survey monkey so both of them are like product-led companies and the way type Typeform you know works is you can sign up for free and and start using their survey maker straight away and you can embed it in your website and everything i think per year they ended up adding like three million a year of like annual recurring revenue all through seo and it was all like seo led growth and essentially what they do is like i think everyone in seo knows that like bottom of funnel keywords are the gold dust really like the, the high usually kind of low volume but really high converting like if it was survey maker there's like a hundred thousand people a month searching for survey maker and survey monkey and type form you know battling out for who gets to be the top for that keyword doesn't matter i'm with you we prioritize the we, we prioritize the the really niche stuff where we know who we're talking to all the time and it makes so much yeah. of a difference exactly and that's the stuff that you want but most companies at least the ones that i've worked at or with have an exhaustive list of bottom of funnel keywords like they run out basically but companies like typeform basically have an everlasting infinite amount of bottom of funnel keywords and turns as it turns out and those are like template keywords so questionnaire template quiz maker template any kind of possible template you could ever want you can use their product to create it because it's a survey making tool that has like a mm -hmm. ton a ton of different use cases and value points and basically they they ended up making their whole strategy around just adding five to six or seven kind of templates a month that were really well suited to a keyword and then adding it to their template library which has now like a thousand templates so as soon as you type in like in a quiz maker template it takes you to their survey maker and you sign up for free and then that you you become a paying customer or a free customer and then they convert you and i think there's like such like a magic of that strategy is that it's never ending and i think good product-led seo is never ending like that yeah i find i just find that like amazing yeah yeah it's 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 really cool and it's so aligned with with our our methodology that we call pillar-based marketing and and ben i'm gonna harass you on getting myself onto your show to tell 
tells some case our case studies because it's net different from anything you've ever heard. Like I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But the idea that you're not looking after like what the industry has said for so long is where you should be targeting for SEO purposes, but instead you're imagining what are the infinite customer journeys somebody could take to learn about something and how do you increase the intersections between your brand and those those moments when somebody needs to ask a question and then by doing so generate the kind of authority that that Google is happy to reward and say you know what you know what you're talking about the yeah. the, the no you said it earlier like the, the world's changed since back in the link farming days and you know thank goodness it has because now we can do our jobs by actually providing value to somebody and that's so cool yeah. to me I just love talking about that I love that yeah I think the best kind of SEO case study sorry the best SEO strategies are focused on like maybe creating a resource like something that is of value as a whole about a topic I get a lot of niche SEO case studies so like retrododo.com for example it's like a retro gaming product reviews and they basically make like he makes fifty thousand dollars a month from creating product reviews for retro gaming products really cool cool company and it's just adverts affiliate products but like he owns the niche of like retro gaming products like it's pretty pretty narrow niche but i love the, the idea that if you were let's say you were like atari that would have been your content strategy like you just add the niche blog onto your atari.com slash blog and you create like this mega resource for products about retro gaming i like that kind of like topical authority like clustering of value kind of concept i just did a webinar with content marketing institute i talked about this on our last episode too that i called domain authority is dead because it is and i, I will stand by that statement but topical authority is where it's at for sure and it's so cool <laughs> like well, I, what i thought you were going to say which is I, I agree with what you said about like you know this is what an atari should do like what i think is cool is that anybody can do it like literally if you are an authority on something it's not like the, this this concept of seo being a black box with like made up rules and boxes you have to check to, to say, yes, I've done these things to win. Like most of that doesn't matter. Mo- like 90% of it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you the person that we should trust to give an answer to somebody when they're asking a question about a niche topic? And there's a lot of yeah. ways to demonstrate that, but the best one is to just show what you know and, and engage people. That was a good wrap up there at the end. All right, Ben, before we let you go, we're going to have a little bit of fun with what we call our lightning round where I'll ask you a couple of quick questions. Sound good? Yep. All right, let's do it. Ben, what was the last thing that you searched? Oh, the last thing that I searched. Be honest. You can, you know, I was going to say, you can lie to us if you want. <laughs> I'm definitely lying. Do you know what? I know the last thing I searched. It was SEO case study template. And that's because I wanted to see if my article had ranked there yet. Oh, cool. What an SEO response. Yeah. Was it, was it ranking? I only released it on Wednesday and I sent it the newsletter and it's number seven. It's, it wasn't the most competitive keyword, I admit, but it's really close to my brand. So exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter about how, how competitive right? It's that is the exact conversation we were just having. You are the topical authority on SEO case studies and that's where you want to be. One day I want to be that. Love it. Okay. Next question. Ben, are there any marketing myths that you've busted over your career journey? One, one thing that I, I think is quite commonly said, and I don't know if you guys agree or, or not with this, but is that like everything needs to be on a very regular schedule and like no. say, Monday at like 9 a.m. If it doesn't go out then, like everyone's going to be unhappy with you or like, and I, I really don't think, and the evidence of my life suggests is like, no one cares if you just switch off all your marketing for a day, like probably everyone's actually going to be happy. So I don't think exact schedules matter that much. And I think you sh- people should probably focus on like value in the content a little bit more than that. 
Couldn't agree more. If you're just shipping it just because it needs to go out every day, then I think you're wasting your time to some extent. Yeah. What's the say? Don't, don't confuse action with progress. Just sending emails doesn't mean that you're doing something. It just means that you're sending emails. Mm, that's beautiful. That's musical. <laughs> Literary. Yeah. I mean, like we're, we're focused on organic SEO content. That's what our software enables. That's what we do on a daily basis. But like, we don't have a, like a, a calendar for our blog. You know, like, and we try to talk people out of this all the time. The idea that like you should publish on your blog once a week and you should like, like the, we, we don't do that at all. Nobody cares. Nobody's coming to your blog to see what the last thing you posted is. It's all about, you know, the value you're bringing. So that's nice to hear. And, and you've made up for your LinkedIn thing by making me feel (laughs) good about myself. (laughs) I thank God for that. I think, I I think that's such a good myth that people, and I get this all the time. I try to tell people all the time, like, no one is going to your blog <laughs> to read it. Like, I don't think that's, unless you are like animals or like someone with incredible content. I don't think people are like looking for an SEO led blog. Most of the time people aren't coming to your homepage and going to your blog purposefully. Like I've seen the clicks are pretty low or the views are pretty low. Most of the time they go to the content. That's right. They're finding, they're finding you by answering the questions. They're not going, they're not going to your website and then seeking out your blog yeah. and, and seeing what you've published. All right. So last question, Ben, before we let you go, what is your best prediction for SEO trends this year and beyond? So the thing that is like most present in my mind right now is, is obviously AI. I think it's actually one of those things that we should probably worry about more than we are as an SEO community. Besides the point like that now the access to creating a pretty average article is instant for anyone now. So like your content, I believe, needs to be much more differentiated than it ever was and more expertise-led and, and all these things. But my also like my worries, like if, if Bing really do challenge Google, Google are responding by actually implementing like an AI search result, as in like they'll try to offer their best answer before they see us, before they see our content. For me, like this is what this is making me think. And like, let, I haven't like fully thought this through and I don't, obviously I can't predict the future. Don't take my word for it. I just think we need to move away from stuff that has a lot of like featured snippets, like really easy to answer stuff like lists, animals beginning with A, easy definitions like of this, what is this? Because I think- Agreed a hundred percent. It won't be long. It won't be long before that is just written by AI because they don't need you to do it. I think adjust accordingly. We completely agree <laughs> in that. To stop writing the stuff that can, can be taken over by that technology and, and write the stuff that's really helpful and write the stuff that humans you know, really need in-depth answers to. Well, thank you, Ben, for being an awesome guest today. Before we let you go, though, why don't you tell us what's next for How the F*** and also tell users where they can get involved. It's listeners, Drew. I just went over this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, they're my valued listeners. So what's next? Keeping doing more of of what I'm doing because... There's, I think there's a lot of people's stories out there that are really great that haven't been told yet. And building up the premium community, it's where the best stuff is. I mean, like, obviously most of it's free, but like, that's where like the real analysis of like SEO and like what's working for people, what isn't working for people happens. And like, like, I think it's a really great place. If you are a team of like content people or you have one SEO person who isn't very well supported, like get them a subscription because then they come into like a community with tons of resources available to them. So for me, I just want to make that community as good as it possibly can be and like keep improving it and yeah, go to the f***.com, but the U is an X <laughs> or go to seocasestudy.com. Like you'll find they're so interlinked. I don't know what they're kind of a mess at the moment, but like go visit 
anything. There's also actually on seocasestudy.com, there's free ones as well. So you don't, as in there's free non-interview ones. So like I've done a teardown of investopedia.com and how they've done it and a couple of other niche blogs and how they've done it. So just, just have a look around. Like some of it's paid, but a lot of it's free. Yeah. And you can follow me on LinkedIn because I post that every day. We'll drop all the links in the show notes. So, you know, you won't have to remember which letters are actually which other letters. So just you know, <laughs> scroll on down and click. Well, thanks again, Ben. Dude, uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah, I love what you're doing. Drew, what is your biggest takeaway for our users when it comes to what we learned from Ben today? Hmm. Re- really no comment on the fact that I just said users. You're just going to let that roll? Oh, my God. No, I told you my brain doesn't register it. My brain is not <laughs> ready. It, it, uh, it, my brain takes in listeners and replaces it with users. So when I hear users... It doesn't throw me off. Do you want to do you want to do it again? Or? No, I don't want to do it again. We're leaving this in here. I it's it's part of the this is the name of the game. We're SaaS people. This is how it is. But for our listeners, like you're a, you're a chief marketing officer at a SaaS company. What are you taking away from this conversation? What are you what's making you sleep a little better tonight, Drew? I'm the chief marketing officer at a SaaS company with a smaller marketing team, as as so many are. It, I am taking away that misery loves company and that we're all drowning in multi-channel trying to do everything that we can. And you don't have to, you can prioritize and you can focus on one thing, get good at one thing, then tack another thing on with your small team. That's what, that's how we've done it. You know, we started with two channels at, you know, mastered those added a third, mastered that added a fourth. And that's the way to go about it as opposed to launching every channel all at once from scratch. Organic content. It's the best investment. It's the only thing you can do to start off right. Especially if you're starting with like a, a new company, a new, just a new lease on life for what you're trying to accomplish. Start investing in organic content that's going to become more valuable over time now and let that lead the decision making around like how much you spend on other channels and what you do elsewhere, because you're going to get so much out of it. And whether it's like organic written content or like Ben's doing podcasts, it's just it's going to create so much opportunity for you to just expand your story and and bring it other places. And, And organic content is one of the only appreciating channels. So the money you spend today will still be working for you years from now as opposed to some of the other channels. Anything else, Ryan? No, that's it. I guess this time I get to say thank you for joining us on Page One or Bust, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Know the exact content to create to increase first page rankings and drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started for free today at demandjump.com. <laughs>